Welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Happy uh, Martin Luther King Week, everybody. And uh, here we are. We're almost there. I guess, I mean, as I'm recording this, it's Sunday. You're listening to this on Wednesday, probably with your fingers crossed. So I'm just not going to say a whole lot, uh, except to say that everyone seemed to really enjoy the Emily Clark episode, which makes me so very, very happy. That was a lot of fun to record, and I'm, I'm glad it came out. So well, a nice extra long Sondheim episode. Never did anybody any wrong. And um, the, the response on Twitter was really great. I was excited to see so many people tweeting about the show and saying they were they were really enjoying it. Um, my uh, my favorite, a lot of comments about, uh, about cats, of course, because we did talk about cats much more than you'd expect. At uh, Cinnamon Canuck tweeted uh, about the discussion that I've always thought cats should be a basic cabaret style show, just three or four performers singing most of the songs and keeping the instruments, keeping the instrumentals as instrumentals. No spandex, no junkyard. I have to say, if you take away the spandex and the junkyard, I don't really know what the point is. But it made me think that the ideal setting for cats and the is is like the best music theater senior showcase ever. Like that's that's what cats should be. Everybody gets a opening number, is a closing number, and everyone gets a song in the middle. So it's cats. God, we are going to be talking about it to the end of time. I think we talk about it actually a little bit in next week's episode um, with Alexandra Lee, where we're talking about Tick, Tick, Boom. The week after that, I'm going to be talking to Emily Esten uh, about Newsies. And the week after that, I haven't recorded it yet, but I'm throwing my hat over the wall. I'm talking to Frank Britton about Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Funk. So we've got three episodes coming up, all very different shows. Very different people with very different jobs and very different approaches to the theater, and I'm really excited for you to to hear them all. But so next week, get uh, get you out your copy, dust off the copy of Tick Tick Boom, and and uh, and give it a listen. Blow the dust off this CD and tell me why you're storing CDs in such a way that they would possibly get dust on them. But um, I also wanted to read. Oh, we got a. I got a, forgot. Almost forgot. Got an Instagram message from Rob Lewis, great uh, great fan of the show, um, who had a lot to say in an Instagram message. But the part that really spoke out to me was when uh, Emily and I spoke a little bit about um, biographical musicals. And uh, he said he's actually more suspicious of biomusicals with an artist catalog because they shoehorn in the songs in places where they don't necessarily match the pace of the plot. There are exceptions, of course, as you guys discussed. But with shows like Mamma Mia or Moulin Rouge that have an original plot, I think it's easier to justify the song into the plot, especially when using a broad swath of artist catalog instead of just one album. But, he continues, I realized, watching the performance of Jagged Little Pill on Thanksgiving, the other challenge is that pop songs are not inherently dramatic, which is kind of jarring these days. That's at RobWLu13 on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much, Rob, for writing in. Ah, I that's interesting that pop songs aren't inherently dramatic. I think the most successful pop songs 
are dramatic. I think they have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and they tell some kind of story uh, about a character. Usually, I, th- I think the person who's the best at this in the world, I think I've said this before, and uh, and should have, uh, one of the few artists who should have a jukebox musical to me, is uh, Ben Folds. I think Ben Folds does amazingly interesting and dramatic songs, almost always about characters who usually have names. Um, and I think that uh, his work, I think Billy Joel's stuff was, was was an interesting opportunity for a jukebox musical that was squandered by moving out. But yeah, it's a different approach. Maybe not squand- squandered might be a little harsh. But uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I, I, I think that great pop songs are inherently dramatic, uh, but it depends on the pop songs and it depends on what the artist is is going for and where the drama comes from often the drama and pop music especially for artists who write for themselves comes from the performer because you know freddie mercury wrote a lot of very dramatic music but it it sounds kind of silly coming out of anybody's mouth other than his and uh, but when he's performing it it's it's fantastic so uh, yeah but that's an interesting point uh, rob thank you very much uh, for writing in as always uh, rob is a patron of the original cast and a great supporter. I was happy enough to meet him one time. And I want to hear from everybody, though, here, guys. I have a question. I was on a meeting last week uh, about a potential online uh, play festival. This is a play festival that we've, we've done for years here in, in Bethesda and D.C., and uh, and they're thinking of some way to take it online um, because it, it usually happens around February, uh, and we're just not obviously going to be back in theaters by this point. They don't want to delay it until the fall. They want to try to keep the festival going and I saw I found myself saying those things that happen to me sometimes where I say something out loud and I listen to myself and go oh that's kind of an interesting thought you just had uh which is I thought that Ratatouille has changed the game of uh online theatrical presentation I think that if you advertise some kind of online show, it has to be at the level of Ratatouille. And I just, if you're going to make people pay for it, especially, it, it really needs to, to have some kind of production value. I don't mean that it needs to be a musical and full tilt, you know, bigger production like, like Ratatouille was, but that there has to be a lot of thought put into how are the characters being filmed? Make sure everybody's lit really well. Make sure there are costumes or at least some kind of theme of costume. Let's use green screens whenever possible. Let's really try to create a, a, and record and probably edit a live show uh, or a series of performances into something that is fun to watch over and over again. And so I wonder if you think that's true. So please write in to originalcastpod at gmail.com or, or send me a message on Instagram at originalcastpod or on Twitter at originalcastpod um, or become a patron at patreon.com slash originalcastpod and uh, and go ahead and, and message me that way. I will definitely listen if you become a patron and then send me a message. I respond to all those messages. Uh, but I'm interested to know what you guys think. If you think that uh, online play productions or Zoom plays are pretty much can continue... Um, or maybe you think no matter what anybody does, you're just damn tired of Zoom plays and, and never want to see another one as long as you live. All opinions are valid. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Um, so please send me a message about it. Also coming up soon, I will be appearing on uh, the Christmas Actually podcast with Beth Amon, which is a minute-by-minute evaluation of the movie Love Actually that launched a couple of weeks before Beth and my podcast, What is Love Actually, and is uh, almost done. They're still, they're still going on, but they're a little conversation... Uh, with Luke Allen, who hosts that podcast about Love Actually, and then also about, uh, we did a little trivia off uh, for Love Actually, because we've each seen the movie a billion times. 
And uh, that was a lot of fun. So that'll be coming out probably later the, the next week, I, I think. As soon as look, keep keep your eye on on the Twitter and and uh, on our Twitter account, and I'm sure I will retweet it somewhere. Um, but thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week when uh, Alexandra Lee is on to talk about Tick Tick Boom. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Oh,